Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Listener question. This is from a single male identifying person in his mid-30s who wishes to remain anonymous. He says, I don't think it's worth going on dating apps because it's all about looks and there are so many choices that if you are not super attractive, you don't get any hits. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. That's what he wanted me to tell him because he knows he's wrong. Um, There's someone for everyone and it has nothing really to do with being attractive because you will be attractive to some people and not attractive to others. So you just got to put yourself out there. I'll, I'll tell you what is attractive to absolutely everyone is confidence. So put yourself out there, make solid plans, do not try and message with people all day long and use that to suss out whether or not you'd be a good match. You don't know if you'd be a good match until you go on a few dates with a person, more than a few, but at least a few before you can even make that decision. So I would say to him, pull your pants up, get out there. And if you want to be attractive to women, be the one guy that isn't like, yeah, we should hang out sometime. Like... I'll text you again in three days. Be the guy who's like, hey, I'd love to meet up. Would you like to get a drink at this bar in your area at this time on this day? That is sexy as F. Find out good neighborhood for her. Pick a spot. Pick a time. Be there. Do what you say you're going to do and be clear that you're interested. And when you're on that date, ask her on the next date. There's nothing more attractive than consistency, persistency, and confidence. And I don't care if you're objectively attractive. Someone will find you attractive and you will find them attractive if you both can be confident and sure about being there with each other. Our guest today, her name is Kyle June Williams. So Kyle's an amazing performer. She is going on tour with Jonathan Van Ness. She's like best friend slash opener slash producer slash best person ever with fabulous hair. No bias coming from me. Um, anything else? What else do you do? I have my own uh, podcast called Sidework Podcast, which is basically about uh, people who have gotten out of the restaurant industry. Nice. Yeah. I've gotten out of the restaurant industry. Oh, well, I'm sure you have a story to tell. Don't I'm we all? sure. I, it all kind of blends together. I was just saying the other day that I miss the restaurant industry a Whoa. little because you just like sleep with everybody and you're mm-hmm. drunk all the time. Yeah. And that's fun. And everyone, someone was like, well, do you miss like the actual working part of it? And I was like, no. But I miss the social aspect. It was fun. It was sexy. I feel like you're the only person to describe working in a restaurant as sexy. Really? But I'll take it. <laughs> I think I see most things as sexy. Maybe that's why I mean, we're and here. that is why you are the guru and I am the test subject. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Such a beautiful test subject. So let's talk a little bit. Um, so you live in LA. How long have you lived here? I've lived here for uh, three and a half years. Okay. And where did you live before here? I lived in New Orleans before here. Okay. And what would you say is like, because you're single. Mm-hmm. So what would you think? Tell me a little bit. This is what I do when I'm coaching. Tell me a little bit about like your history and kind of what you're experiencing now. And if you had to diagnose a problem about yourself, what would the problem be? My history would be I had a couple boyfriends in New York and also when I lived in Florida. And then when I first moved to New Orleans, I met my most recent, I guess, ex-boyfriend the first night I was there. And we dated for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And um, 
when we broke up, it was the best thing. Great. That Congratulations. I, I think all it. breakups are a good thing. So Yeah. It was a severance that needed to happen. And then dated around for a while. And when I moved to LA, kind of went cold turkey because LA is a land of couples and it is also um, discriminatory against single people. <laughs> How do you mean? Uh, try looking for a one-bedroom apartment by yourself. Uh, that's that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say, this is a one-bedroom apartment, but I share it with my boyfriend. Exactly. Yes, so you can right. live a nice life. I can. But it's just, uh, and I think I am one of only, I think I have only two other friends that are single. And that might be because of my age. I'm 33. Uh, but it also, I think LA is a coupling city. In New Orleans, it was lawless. Oh, interesting. <laughs> New Orleans, not a lot of couples? There are. I would just say it was easier for me to date in New Orleans, I felt. Do you think that's because things are like closer together and there's more people around and you could just meet people out at bars and people are more willing to talk? Yeah, I definitely think that that, was, that had a lot to do with it because I'm more of a social person than an app person. Uh-huh. So I think that counts against me. I'm just too sarcastic for apps. I feel like, you know, it's, it's, you, you don't know who I am by, I always say like, I'll murder you before you murder me. That's, that's what you say on apps. Yeah. That's your message. <laughs> I like that. I would respond very well to that. Well, you're a woman. Yeah, that's true. I love being murdered. Um, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think you're right. I think LA, it's a funny thing because at the same time that people will say, no one wants to get into a couple here. No one wants a relationship here. People also say it's a couple's town. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am a permanent thruple. I am always a third wheel. And I'm okay with that. I love my friends' partners. I think that they are incredible human beings. I wouldn't be friends with them if they weren't. But I just... And I mean, I think my main issue is my ex-boyfriend was such a human fire garbage can of a hum- of a person that I'm concerned with my judgment. Totally. And I totally get that. And I, to be, you know, totally transparent, I moved out here with a guy uh-huh. and I met him out here on like a, I was here doing a show and I met him and that was like fast and furious and I'd kind of been wanting to move here anyway and he lived here so I just like moved and literally the day I got here I was like oh no and I stayed for like another year and a half just trying to make it work and then when we broke up which I guess now was maybe like two years ago Mm -hmm. or so two and a half uh I I also had to kind of be like am I okay like how did I let that go on for so long and I do I know that happens to a lot of people, but unfortunately, love is such a powerful thing that when we're in it, especially if it was good at the beginning, we just want to get it back to that point and we're just going to stay in it and believe. And it's also kind of this um, diminishing returns, like sunk cost. I don't know financial terms, but you know, like when you're like, well, I've already been here a year. I've put in this work. I know it's going to, I know it's going to work because I'll just keep putting in the work and I don't want to have wasted a year of my life. So you just kind of stay in it. But then when you finally do get out, as you inevitably will, you question your own sanity and judgment and ability to choose a partner. And then for a while, you're just kind of like, how do I know that anyone is ever going to be okay? Because I thought that person was okay and it turns out they weren't at all and I couldn't even see it and I stayed in it way too long. And I hear that a lot, a lot. My other issue is is I saw it and I still stayed in it. And 
when I got out, I was like, whoa, he was a sociopath. Yes. Um, and I think that's my other issue is my unwillingness to give up. And mm. I am definitely a caretaker and I, I throw myself 100% into things, which is why I think lately it's just been career driven. But I've never had a partner that I felt like it was an equal we were on equal footing the whole time. Like it was a partnership as opposed to like, hi, I'm your mommy now. Right. And I hear that also all the time. Like especially yeah. from women mm-hmm. that they they get into these relationships where they're taking care of their partner and they kind of think it's going to be reciprocated and they're going to be equals at some point. And the more they take care, the more that doesn't happen. Can you tell me a little bit about how you met this partner, like how it went down that you got together and then also like what exactly was the major issue, like why you broke up or what you saw that you didn't go away from when you should have? Yeah, I met him the first night I moved to New Orleans at a party that the people that I was living with threw Mm -hmm. and it was this collective group of really awesome people in New Orleans that some of them I had gone to college with, some of them knew, all part of this uh, theater group. Mm-hmm. So it was all different people who were a part of the theater company. And literally every single one of them told me to stay away from him. Wow. <laughs> always a good sign. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, always a good sign to have people bring you out to like full meals to talk to you about how bad this person is. Oh, man. Um, yes. Yet he was still a part of the company. So it's like really who's to blame. Um, and I ignored all of them. Were you just instantly attracted to him? No. Okay, so <laughs> I like people who are very into me. I think yeah, I think that's a problem. Which I, no, I think that's a good thing actually, because oh, okay. I think a lot of women really chase men who are not into them. A lot of people chase people who are not into them, and mm-hmm. I always say like, first things first, they have to be smart enough to be into me. Like yeah. that's probably the most attractive thing to me is if you're a smart enough person to be like, you're amazing. Then I'm like, you are smart. And then we can go from there. So actually, I think you're probably doing... That is right. So you liked that he was into you, but you were not that into it. Okay, one right thing. Good. Yes. One right thing. One yeah. right thing. Good job. Good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we met... Um, he. I thought we were just buddies, because that is... I have a lot of male friends, so I'm used to, I'm used to male energy, I mm-hmm. guess. And um, after hanging out on a couple dates for like... When we had like all day dates, which don't... That you still thought were buddy dates. Yes. Like nothing romantic was happening. No. Okay. Then, you know, after copious amount of alcohol, it turned into. Sure. And we dated for a long time. He traveled every other week, which for me was amazing because I'm a very independent human and I really liked having my space. I think it also allowed him to fuck around. Do you think (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? I mean, we'll bleep it out if you're not. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I think I give him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning of the relationship, but uh, after we broke up, I had learned that that wasn't the case. Which I, I mean, there was nothing in his actions that could have let. I mean, he would go on social media and like hit on girls, which at that time social media wasn't as big as it was now. Mm-hmm. So it's it was one of those things where like I wasn't like checking his Twitter, right? Which is um. Good. But, I mean, he called me and told me he loved me for the first time from a strip club. Oh, how romantic. He he was, I mean, and the thing was, is he was fun. We got along well, and it wasn't all bad, but it just wasn't healthy from the get. Mm -hmm. And I was young and didn't think I was getting into 
an actual long-term relationship and it just snowballed into one. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I needed to get out when he asked me to move in with him and I laughed. Oh, well, I'm glad you didn't move in with him. I oh, thought you lived too. with him. How long were you? We would be doing this interview from jail if we could. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you together overall? Oh, God, uh, four years. Yeah. And you didn't Almost, move yeah. in together in four years? No. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The the red flag I see in this is like you saying that you really liked how into you he was. But then even when you knew he was probably hitting on other girls and doing all these things that were not showing he was into you, that didn't then turn you off. Like, I think that would be the major question I would have is like, if you're into someone being into you and treating you well, that should carry through the relationship. That shouldn't just be about the beginning of the relationship. You know, like, I'm always kind of like, well, if my boyfriend cheats on me, like, guess I wasn't the right one for him anyway, because no one that would want me would do that, you know, which is easy to say. And I know it's harder when you're in something and you just want to make it work and you want to believe. But it's also interesting to me because you are such an independent person that you don't seem like someone who would stay in something just to not be alone. So what do you think kept you there? I think I just didn't want it to fail. I think it wasn't even about being Got alone. Mm-hmm. I think I was just, I wanted him. He went through a, a lot during our relationship. We was fired from his job. I mean, it was like a whole, he, it, it was just, there were a lot of ups and downs and we leaned on each other a lot and he leaned on me a lot and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to fail him, I guess. Yeah. I didn't want to like let him go to a place because I I was like I I always tried to see the potential and in that way ignored all of the horrible things that were around because I just I give too many people the benefit of the doubt totally well and it makes sense to me that because you're independent and you're like a career driven person that you want to believe that if you put the work and the effort and the belief into something that it'll work out and that you'll be able to fix it and you'll be able to heal it and you'll be able to win. And so that makes sense to me that I think that's a little of what I did too with my ex when I moved here was like, well, I moved across the country, so I better make it work, you know, instead of just being like, this was a mistake and I don't need to stay here just to prove something. But I think that's very common, especially with like very competent people who are like, no, 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 I can make this work if I put my mind to it. And you don't want to kind of admit to yourself that it takes the other person wanting to make it work too. And not just wanting to make it work, but like actually doing things to make it work. Yeah. And then I was lucky enough to have a new roommate move in and she was, she's my best friend now. Mm -hmm. Um, And she sort of brought up to me, she didn't really question my relationship, but she did say to me, one day don't mistake comfort for happiness Mm -hmm. and it was like a light turned on and from then on I was trying to figure out the best way to end the relationship which I did and then he managed to draw it out for not that we were seeing each other but just that he would show up and it was lots of phone calls and it was just not an easy break and then when I left New Orleans we he wanted to see each other one more time and literally said to me, well, in, in a friendship way, like, I'm, I really want us to be friends. And I, I, I think now looking back on it, I agree with you that we shouldn't be together. Because when I think about it, you were uh, 
you were you were my more like my friend the whole time. Like I wasn't like really attracted to you. He said that to you. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, cool. Go kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which also is a really nice way to give you just a real blow to the ego before you embark on your new exactly. journey. Exactly. And, and I'm sure it was not true. I'm sure no, it was him no. lashing out. And I don't out. mean for him to go kill himself. I'm just saying. <laughs> would I like to punch him? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. You know, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that you have a lot of things to feel good about from this. I know it's easy to be like, I messed up and I don't trust myself, but you didn't move in with him. You didn't marry him. You didn't have kids with him. Great. All great. You got out eventually. He definitely probably served a purpose in like helping you feel comfortable and get into the social scene and all that stuff of moving to New Orleans. And we've all been there where like a person kind of represents the life that we have somewhere so we don't want to break up with them. But I think you actually did a really great job in like getting out of it when you did and I hope in not letting it completely destroy your ego or taking what he said or did seriously at all. So I like to hear that you're saying, well, I'm not sure I trust my judgment, but you're not saying like, I'm not attractive or like I'm not good enough or any no, of that. I mean, I'm sure you had some of that. I'm stunning do, and wonderful you are. and it's sad that he couldn't see that. But I think it's just you know, words, no matter how many times, especially with somebody you've like entrusted your life with for that. I feel like he stole my early 20s in a way, Um, but or later 20s, I guess. But I would argue that that's exactly what your 20s are for. Like (laughs) not everyone's going to agree with me, but I always say like you're not a real human until you reach age 30. Mm -hmm. Like your 20s are for messing up Mm -hmm. and nothing that happens in your 20s matters. Nothing. I got married when I was 23. Did you oh, know that? Oh, wow. No, I mm-hmm. didn't. Huge mistake. Terrible. And for a long time, I held a lot of anger of like, he took me away from my friends and I'd be a different person now and I wouldn't be this. And it's like, but that's exactly what your 20s are for. Like, thank God I didn't marry that person now. Not that, I mean, no mistake is unfixable. Mm-hmm. Even having children, like you'll still be okay, you know, as long as you aren't physically harmed, I think. And even that people can, people come back from all the time. But I think your 20s are for messing up. I think all of those bad experiences serve a really big purpose. I hear, think your 30s are when you start to be like, oh, like I've learned from those experiences and I don't hate that they happened to me because they brought me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, stealing your 20s, like you would have dated some other asshole who treated you badly. Like that's what you do in your 20s. That's exactly what you do. So you don't do it long term. But I do think your 20s is kind of a great time to just mess the fuck up as much as you can. <laughs> and then you can still do it forever. But like you just shouldn't feel bad about being an idiot at, at that time, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it served its purpose. It's just, yeah, I think it served its purpose. I, I mean, I'm, I, my, ther- my therapist tells me it's okay to, you know, garner some anger. But I'm definitely past it and over it. I think it's just, it took so much out of me physically and emotionally that now dating feels like a chore. Totally. And I hear that a lot, especially in LA. And, okay, so you broke up with him. What, like four years ago? Because uh, you've yes. been here three and a yes, half? Yes, yeah. And you haven't really dated anyone since? Not seriously, no. I mean, if you're a traveling musician, you're right up my alley mm-hmm. because... <laughs> you love that independence. I love that independence. I love that guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, dabbled in online dating for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most people, that's about how And I is. was like, wow... 
there are some really interesting yet weird and kooky people out there that, you know, want to paint my toenails and... What's wrong with that? Take it. <sighs> oh, Take them up on I it. Mean, you Get know, your toenails painted for free. I, 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 I don't know. They just like, sometimes the conversation just goes in such a way where I'm just like, cool, I'm done. No more <laughs> time with this. Do you think that you want a partner? Yeah. What do you, like, why? I want the experience. And I want the, I want, I want partnership. Like I I like bouncing ideas off of somebody. I like, I would like to cohabitate with somebody. Mm -hmm. I want like a partner in crime, if you will. Because I've always had really wonderful friends and friendships. As far as great boyfriends. Not so much. Not so much. So I would like to experience that. I think it's something that, I mean, I want it for my own growth. Yeah. Are you a monogamy person? Are you a marriage person? Are you a children person? I don't know because I have never met anybody that I would consider marriage with. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not so much a fan or a believer of the institution. I think it's like maybe not for everybody. I just have, I, I can't make that decision on my own, I feel like. That makes sense because some a lot of people will be like, I want this and I know I want it by this age. And I'm like, how can you know that without even having the person you want to do it with? I had always thought, I'd always said I want many chapters of my book, but I don't know. I like that. Yeah. So you basically are looking for a partner, a best friend, someone to share experiences with, someone to make living in LA a little more cozy. Mad sexy. Someone mad sexy, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I can say is uh, it takes a while. So whatever it takes you, don't get discouraged. I mean, get discouraged, but then get back out there, you know? (laughs) But I always say dating is a numbers game. There's no secret to it. It's just getting out there and putting yourself out there beyond when you want to. And, you know, some people are like, hmm, I could take or leave having a partner. And to those people, I'm like, then go ahead, sit at home, hang out with your friends. Like, if it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. But if you're someone that's like, I know that I want a partner at this point in my life, that's going to take proactivity from you. And that means sifting through a lot of nonsense and people who want to paint your toes. But I think it can be looked at, and I especially feel like this with you, that it can be looked at as like a fun experience and not a chore if you start thinking of it as like people research and tonight I'm gonna try on this side of myself or like wear this weird outfit or go to this bar I've never been to and start thinking of it as like a chance to potentially make out if you like the person, a chance to try a new outfit on, a chance to see what a person you never would have met in your daily life is like. And that's not to say it doesn't get exhausting and draining sometimes, because I know that it does. Um, But I think just shifting your story around it, because LA is a place for couples often, and it can be hard to meet people. If you start to think of it more as a way to like meet weird people, then like, if this person that I'm going on the date with doesn't turn out to be my partner, this was a waste of time. I think that's where it gets. Because then you're going to show up like that. Mm. And if you come to the table and you're like, nope, no. Yeah. It's already done for, you know? And you kind of have to be open to people who aren't your usual type. And I have a lot more thoughts about that. But generally, I think thinking of it as people research, a chance to make friends, a chance to have different experiences, a chance to go out with people who aren't in couples... And just kind of deciding you're going to do it 
I know it's easier said than done, but telling yourself like you have great judgment and now it's been four years. Like you learned whatever you need to learn, whether you can name it or not in your therapy. So I'm sure you've named it many times, <laughs> but like you inherently already know what not to do and what to be looking out for. And you might mess up again. You know, you might end up again with someone who three years down the line disappoints you. But like just because a relationship doesn't end with forever doesn't mean it wasn't a success. I'm stealing that from Dan Savage. That every experience is worthwhile and teaches you something and brings you to the next phase of your life. Like my relationship that got me out here was not good, but I'm here now and I've had other opportunities because I'm out here. And now I have my boyfriend that I have now because I'm out here. So I know that's like very obvious and cliche, but each experience does get you to the next thing so nothing is a waste of time including a weird bad date because then you have a fun story and like you're an entertainer like you'll enjoy that story you'll have much more material if you have some (laughs) bad experiences but kind of embracing that part I always encourage like a shot or a glass of wine before you leave the house just to get yourself in like a different headspace so it's not like a job interview that you're going to I do think, unfortunately, in LA, the apps are part of it. I was going to say, what it, if for someone who's like starting at the basic level of going from absolutely just not throwing themselves into any pond? Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. I How mean, do you dip I, I your just, toe? yeah, I just don't even, I don't go out with that sort of mentality. And also, I'm just so busy that. I don't really even think to do things, but I know that I don't know if I need to like incorporate it into my life or where to, I guess, where to start. Okay. I also have such a negative Nancy view on, I'm always (laughs) like, oh boy, he's going to be, he's going to be an issue. He's a problem. Oh man. I don't like this. Well, can you think of it as like, he's going to be a problem. This is going to be hilarious. Can't wait to tell my friends about it. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to get out. Okay. You're going to have a good time no matter what. Mm -hmm. I would say to start with one app. Mm -hmm. And I know people are liking Hinge because it's a little slower paced. Okay. But it's kind of whatever floats your boat. Why is it slower paced? Um, I guess it's not the same like just swipe, 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 swipe. It's got more like you look at their actual profile. You can comment on the different parts of it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like swipe, I like you, but it's like... I like this one thing that you said, Mm -hmm. or I don't. And there's still plenty of garbage on there. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. But again, good material. You have a sense of humor. You'll enjoy it. Um, But I think that's a good one to start with. And once you enter into a conversation with somebody via an app, Mm -hmm. like, do you just carry on for as long as until you feel like you are ready to ask that person I, I feel like a caveman right now. No, no, no. <laughs> like, you're great. Teach you're great. me how to use an app. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is great. Like, this how many, great. yeah, like, what do you, is is there is there a rule of thumb? Is there, like, a, because I've tried it a couple times, and every time I've had, like, an awesome conversation, God forbid I don't respond in a day, which sometimes just happens because I don't have time. Um, like, the three dudes that I had started conversations with literally were like, where were you? Or um or or disappear. Interesting. I know. Well, because I'm like I've got time for that. As as I say, I do think a wide net should be cast. So you should be talking to as many people as possible. Oh, I boy. know it can be overwhelming and exhausting, mm-hmm. but that way it's not like okay, this one guy I'm really excited about, and then he disappoints you, and then you're all yeah, you know. So I think you want to have just a, a bunch of things going on. You want to be paying attention if you're actually wanting to do this. And I think you want to get to the drink as quickly as possible. (laughs) Okay. 
You don't want to be messaging for days and days and days. Also because it creates a false sense of connection and intimacy. And then it's going to be weird when you meet up. Because either they're going to be not like they were when you were chatting. And they're so good over text. And you're like, why aren't you this good in person? Mm -hmm. Or... They're going to be great, but you're, but they, if they're not into you, you're going to be like, but we were texting so much and now we're not. Like, don't put any weight on those conversations. Got it. Like, just get to meeting in person. Got it. I essentially think of the apps as like being in a bar. Okay. And if you were in a bar and you had three shots of tequila, mm-hmm. <laughs> you would I probably say yes to everyone. <laughs> yeah, you'd be super fun and you would say yes to everyone, you know? Uh-huh. And you wouldn't worry about like, oh, he said this one thing about his dog and I really didn't like that. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So no, mm-hmm. like stop overthinking. Don't overanalyze. I tell my clients like either for real or mentally have two shots of tequila before you start swiping. Mm-hmm. Say yes three out of five times at least better if you can say four or even five out of five just because like widen the net and get to the in-person meeting don't try and find your perfect match by analyzing profiles and seeing how they text Uh that's not real you won't know about your chemistry and your connection until you meet in person so you just want to get there as soon as possible so you can be I feel like you're someone who can be straightforward you can be like Hey, got to be totally honest. I'm really new to this. I never checked this app. If you want to get a drink, I'd totally be down. Let me know. Okay. Boom. Okay. And then you're like, and if I don't respond, here's my phone number. You should get a Google Voice number. A what? Google Voice. Okay. Because that way they don't have your real phone number. Oh my God. This is so like Carmen Sandiego. I love this. <laughs> but it's good because with real phone numbers, they can look you up. They can find your social. No, it can be 100%. weird. Yeah. Google yeah. Voice. You can still text just like normal, but then they can't like track you down if you decide you're not into it. So then do you, because that would be like such a switcheroo for them to, for you to be like, okay, I like you now. You can have my real phone number. Yes. Yes. That's once you trust them. (laughs) Listen, modern day women. Modern day women. We protect ourselves. Yeah. So you get a Google voice, you get on the apps, you'd be totally honest. As far as the sarcasm goes, I would... Try your best Mm -hmm. to be a little more like upbeat and cheerful and encouraging (laughs) than you want to be or than you're used to being with your friends. Got it. We don't want you to attract the wrong person for you, Mm -hmm. but people are so sensitive and men are so ready to be rejected and they're so like, this woman already hates me, Mm. that just to get to the drink part, I just want you to be upbeat. Most of the time you do hate them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So in the beginning, you should be like, hey, got to be totally honest. I'm so new to this. I kind of don't want to do it. However, I would love to get a drink. And then you should end with let me know. And that puts the ball in their court so you don't have to do all the planning. Mm -hmm. Which if we had a million more hours, I would talk to you about your tendency to mother and nurture. Yes. And you can kind of not do that from the very beginning. That's a good idea. No, that's very good. Because I'm always just like, I'll I'll make the rules. Don't. (laughs) Do not. We want you someone who will do the planning, Mm. do the work who will like you enough to be proactive. And so this is an easier way to weed them out than like overanalyzing their profiles and their messaging is if you're just like, I'd love to, let me know, exclamation point, smiley face, whatever, to let them know everything's okay, honey. Mm -hmm. And then they will come forth and do the work. You sure you don't want to be my ghostwriter? (laughs) I would be happy to be your ghostwriter. I would love to. And I would also like to see your pictures. Okay. Oh. This yeah. is, yeah, I'm always so, it feels so, I don't know, like revealing, but also I, I don't know. Pictures are, all, it's just not what we had to deal with in the past. Right. 
I, I'm, I know. I'm 80 years old. It's hard. Um, <laughs> no, it's hard. But it's hard. It was hard in the 50s. It was hard in the 60s. It's hard now. Mm-hmm. It's always been hard. It's a numbers game no matter what. So you just need to put yourself out there with like going against all of your like stories and negativity that you want to. That may be true. But just like forcing yourself into a positive headspace and a way to find it to be fun. Whether it's always planning a drink with a friend after the date to mm-hmm. debrief or always like when I was an actor in New York, mm-hmm. they used to say every time you go on an audition, you should give yourself a present after, no matter how you did. Oh my gosh. So it could be like, I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to buy this ice cream, whatever it is, reward yourself every time because you're someone who doesn't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the other quick thing I'll say is you should start giving out your number in public, your Google Voice number. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But you should have it written my, on my a piece phone. of paper. In your pocket, whenever you're going to a party, a social event, the grocery store, getting your hair done, whatever, see someone remotely sparks your interest, Mm -hmm. give them your phone number. Write it. I used to write it all the time on my waiter things when I was at restaurants, like Mm -hmm. my bill. I'd be like, you're cute. Just because like no one's not going to have a better day because you did that. Like they're always going to be happy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they would text me back and be like, I have a girlfriend, but thank you so much. This made me feel so good. Great. Or they're going to take the initiative. I dated a guy for like six months that I was my server and I left my number for him. Wow. Yeah. And people don't do that enough. And girls who do that, the confidence is so attractive and it'll just kind of make you feel like fun. Like this is a game for me to, it doesn't matter if you're like immediately drawn to someone or not, Mm -hmm. but just to put yourself out there, just get used to thinking of yourself as someone who wants to meet people and putting yourself out there. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So this is a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) So I'm going to give you this assignment. Okay. Download Hinge. Okay. Swipe like 20 to 30 minutes a day. So spend that much time on the app. Okay. Interacting. Okay. Try and go on one date a week from Hinge. A week? A week. And then I want you to give your phone number out once a week. Oh my God. You look exhausted already. I am. This is overwhelming but you I hear you though okay I hear you and I'll be accountable (laughs) you can text me and like report that you did it Mm. but I'm gonna check in on you and I think maybe we'll have you back to follow up and see how things are going oh boy just one day at a time (laughs) also you're about to go on tour that's the perfect time to just give out your phone number to be on hinge in a weird city Mm -hmm. I tell women all the time to import so if you meet someone in like Kansas (laughs) import import fall in love in Kansas and bring them here Okay. You can't mess it up. You just have to start breaking the seal and having fun and realizing you might make a million more mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all do. The smartest person in the world does when it comes to love. But you just have to start letting the experiences happen again and like trusting yourself again. Yeah. Okay. Well, dry January is officially ending today. Yes. It's Saturday. It's the perfect day. Yeah. I mean, I will will need some liquid courage for sure. Do it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So... How do you feel? Do you feel like I mean, ready? I, do I feel ready? Well, I mean, well, obviously. It's it I mean, I think it's it's like pushing a baby bird out of the nest. And I'm sure once I start, it'll feel better. It's just it's a daunting thing because I've just been so I I mean, and that, that's the thing. I've been really happy being alone. That's good too. But, and if you find that that's who you are and that's what you want and you'd rather kind of take a more passive role and just see what comes your way mm-hmm. I completely support that but I understand that if you want to meet somebody you have to be active you have to it. be active <laughs> and you have to put yourself out there especially because yeah. like you know 
People are terrified of each other, especially in this day and age. So Mm -hmm. get the Google voice number and then be bold, be brave, be beautiful, you know, be cover girl. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I feel like I kind of look like you, so I could be like your mother pushing you out of the Oh, I was going to say, could you just go on the dates for me? Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to take a look and we'll definitely have you back. Okay, great. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. And have a wonderful time on tour. Thank you. With Jonathan. And anything else you want us um, to know? I guess it's called the Road to Beijing. <laughs> That's the Jonathan Van Ness tour and you? Yeah. Road and, to Beijing. And uh, we're going to be all over. And I hope you guys get tickets because they're Is it going to be in LA? Can I come? Yeah, it's at the Wiltern. Dude. On June 20th, I think. I'm going to come. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to all the men in the audience. <laughs> I'm like, see that girl? Here's her Google voice number. Oh, boy. And then they see me do stand-up. Your stand-up is great. And when you sent me a tape, all I could think was how good your ass looked. So, sorry. thank you. Not that your comedy wasn't also good, but it was distracting. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, thank you for... Jonathan has told me to dress sexier. Really? (laughs) Seems like something he would say. Yeah. I think you look great. This is great. You could go on a date right now. Oh, wow. Okay. I date you. You know? Oh, my. Okay, well, that would just be so much easier. I know. <laughs> we could talk about that. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you, You're Naya. the best. I believe in you. Thank you. For dating questions, comments, concerns, email us at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast. You can also message us there. Thank you to the lovely Kyle June on Instagram. She is going on tour with Jonathan Van Ness. Check out their tour. Also, if you, I don't know, want to date her, love a sassy redhead, which I know you all do, reach out to me if you like, and I'll hook you up if she approves. You know, there are lots of ways to do this, but Kyle is quite a catch. Uh, rate and review this podcast. That's fun. Let me know what you think. Thank you to my beautiful producer, Chris Bartolucci. And thank you to all of you for listening and making dating fun.